You are listening to Deeper Roots, a podcast to help equip the members of New Branch Community Church to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. For more information, visit newbranch.com. All right, we are back for another episode of Deeper Roots. Uh, this time, we're last time we had guest speakers on, guest people, so we took an, an one step. This time, we're, uh, we're recording remotely. We're all in our different houses. Or... Ken is at the church, and so I'm actually working. I'm I'm working in my <laughs> office. You guys are at home enjoying your couches. Yeah, um, not not the case, but uh, we are all <laughs> recording remotely, and so that might have a different dynamic. And uh, we'll just we'll just see how this goes. But topic for today, uh, we are coming. We're Going a little bit deeper into something that Ken, you brought up in your sermon from this past Sunday on uh, church discipline, uh, specifically what we would call steps one and two. And Matt, maybe you could kind of outline what we what we mean by the first couple steps of church discipline. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to record with Ken, but I'm I'm COVID positive, so I don't think he wanted me to come and record in the office. Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. Um, I wasn't sure if we were saying that. Oh, I don't. I don't really care. I don't yeah, care. Well, my, so well, I'm I'm remote because my wife is. So uh, okay. Yeah. Were, yeah. Yeah. No, that didn't bother me. And then um, I think I got censored. Uh, I didn't get to I didn't get to record the last two episodes because I kept calling our podcast uh, "Roots Run Deep." So uh, there you go again. So I'm gonna get there disciplined. Go I'm gonna get disciplined again. I'm not gonna be on. Talk next about time. church discipline. <laughs> Uh, so for the first two steps of church discipline, I mean, we're thinking about the one anothering really uh, of, of church life where we are uh, correcting one another, uh, with gentleness and in love and seeking to, um, if we see a brother or sister, Matthew 18 would be, uh, if there's an offense, uh, that they've offended us, that we would go to them, talk to them, but we could also think about, uh, ways in which, um, if we just see somebody in sin uh, or in their life, that we would go and and offer a humble, gentle, loving correction to them. Uh, and we're, I think, as Ken had said in the in the most recent sermon at the time we're recording this, um, you know, that's that's ninety ninety five percent of church discipline within the life of the church is that we're going to one another and correcting one another. Um, specific examples uh, could be. Uh, an offense against someone or just something where we witness uh, and we'll get into this later, but, but something that we think is clear sin. And that's what I mean by humility. We're going to them in humility because we may have misunderstood something uh, yeah. and we're going to them and, and we're uh, asking for clarification and seeking to, uh, um, to correct if it's needed or to repent if we misunderstood something. Sure. And so what we're really, what we have most, passage we have most in view is Matthew 18. Uh, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So I think even thinking about this one anothering aspect of of church discipline. I think that when you call it church discipline, it kind of evokes this like harsh thoughts of like, 
I don't know, uh, authority or, uh, like, uh, like leadership abuse or something like that. When you say church discipline, it just sounds heavy handed, but in the end, the aim of, uh, the, the heart here really is gracious and restorative wherever possible. Yes. Which, yeah, absolutely. It is. Uh, you're the, 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 he says you'll, you'll win your brother. In other words, you'll win him, you win him back, you know, to full, um, you know, fellowship with the Lord, fellowship with the church, um, you know, referring to, you know, their repentance and owning that. And that's loving, that's loving a brother, uh, because, uh, if they are persisting in unrepentant sin, um, and that's really what we're after here. We're looking for what somebody is characterized by and they're unrepentant about it and that sort of thing. But if they are, if they persist in that, then, and it's, it's seriously going to affect their walk with the Lord and all of that. And so it's loving to pursue them and want to bring them back. That's the aim. Yeah. Um, not anything to add there. No, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, I think about uh, uh, Galatians 6. Uh, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Uh, but that's the goal, uh, is that they would be restored. So like, like Kim was saying from Matthew 18 as well, 1 Corinthians 5 would say the same. Uh, and then it says... Uh, you who are spiritual, I would I would understand that to mean the fruit of the spirit in the chapter preceding that, which is exactly the kind of person I would want correcting me. One who is uh, full of the fruit of the spirit: gentleness, peace, patience, kindness, self control, love. You know, a person that's marked by those things is exactly the kind of person I would want uh, offering correction to me. Not someone who's haughty, prideful, harsh, overbearing. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> Hebrews 3 also, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. I think of that. I think of James 5 in the end, 519. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know let him know that whoever brings him back, whoever brings back a sinner from his wanderings will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Reading is hard. But um, <laughs> the, uh, it, it strikes me that there's so many passages in the New Testament that reference this, this thing of um, calling sin to someone's attention. But uh, it's not something that we really think of. Uh, uh, we always—it's not something we always think of as being our responsibility. Right, right. So uh, our church covenant it says we recognize church discipline as the loving responsibility of the church to restore a fallen brother or sister, and agree to participate in and submit ourselves to this process. So uh, Ken talked quite a bit on Sunday about the loving responsibility that the goal is to save someone from to, for them to see, Oh, this is serious. I, I it particularly has, as it elevates through step one, step two, step three, uh, to see this is serious. I need, I need to repent. Um, the second part of the covenant statement here to restore a fallen brother or sister and agree to participate in and some, sorry, agree to participate in and submit ourselves to this process. 
What does that look like for us to participate in and submit ourselves to this process? I think um, on both ends of both giving and receiving. Um, so um, the, I, I talked to our you know f- new families in, in a membership class as we talk about um, the practice of spiritual discipline and the responsibility that that entails for all covenant members um, is to a be willing to um, be on the giving part of that um, to uh, to be in such close relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ that you see their lives and when you see something that doesn't align with God's word that we're willing to love them enough to show them their fault to show them where they're off um, and to have a conversation with them and um, lovingly, graciously. And, you know, I think about, you know, part of what Jesus says about, you know, removing the log from your own eye before you can see clearly to remove the, uh, the stick from your brother's eye. Um, you know, so self self-evaluation, checking our motives for why we're doing this, all of that kind of stuff, but then loving them enough to do that. Um, so that's one part of engagement. Second part of it is, uh, to be ready and willing for someone to approach us. Um, you know, I, I submit to that as well and, and have, um, on multiple occasions. Um, we're all, we're all sheep in this, in this fold and, and we, we err, we sin, um, and we need brothers to hold us to account. Um, and so that, that's what, that's how I see active engagement that, you know, you're not just sitting back waiting for somebody to come to you, but you're actually, um, willing, uh, to have the courage to graciously and lovingly do that for others as well. So taking that, those two points, participate in where we're the one that's like, maybe is doing the like correcting or the, the exhorting of a brother. And then secondly, taking the submitting ourselves to that. Sometimes it seems like it's easier to receive the correction than it is to like actually be the one going and participating in the correction. I mean, I know that there's different personalities, but. uh, Uh, Yeah, I I think, I think there, I think that's something that we probably should, should point out is that I think there are some people, we probably know some people that would say, no, actually I love correcting others. (laughs) Um, and uh, we want to guard against that, right? Right. Um, you know, but yeah, I think I think for for most people, um, it's it's easier to receive correction. Um, yeah. I think I think that's a kind of a, a natural outflow of the fruit of the spirit in someone's life is is we recognize that we're sinful and that uh, we need other people to help us see our blind spots, which is what that is. Um, it's harder to give that. Um, and, and so I think we have to see that, yeah, but, um, that's part of why God places you in the body. Yes. Um, and you know, if, if you're not willing to see, I mean, that's kind of like, um, uh, great brother. Um, just, just the other day, um, I'll, I'll call him out. Scott Knutson, love that brother to death. We were, we were at an event and, um, I was standing around afterwards and uh, I had something in my mustache. 
Don't know what it is. Don't don't know what it was, but uh, it was there and it was obvious. Don't know how long it was there, but he lovingly, graciously leaned over and said, "You got something in your mustache." Um, it you know I don't know how many other people saw that and thought you know I oh I'm not going to sh- tell him I'm not going to you know tell Pastor Ken, um, but you know Scott loved me enough. Uh, to to show that a silly example, but uh, when we have things like that in our life, we want people to show us, and and so we should be willing to to be that loving to others to show them their fault. Yeah, I think that on the on, man, when you're talking about on the participating it in participating it participating in it side. Uh, it just seems so easy for people to say, that's not my responsibility. It's not my job to correct this other person. But what we are saying in the church is absolutely, it's our job to uh, lovingly, graciously um, to bring those things to our brother's attention, our brother or sister's attention, if we, if we care about them. Now, it seems also, though, not every sin gets to this point of correction. Is that, would you, would that be correct? Like sometimes you just forbear. Would that be correct? Yeah, I would, I would say so. It, it, it depends on what it is, I guess. So talk it out. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know if there's something, I don't know if something, something, I think you need, it seems to me like the, the heart of this in Matthew 18. Uh, if you, if you witness your brother's sin, and, and Matthew 18 is talking about sinning against you, but just witnessing someone in, in sin, uh, you know, if I, if I uh, stub my toe and I say some things I shouldn't say, then maybe give me a minute to work through that on my own before you're ready with your Matthew 18 correction, right? Like give me a minute to correct. Absolutely. And, and, and that same thing could be, that same thing could hold for other other in any number of other things of like okay is this important enough is this going to affect my relationship between uh this brother or sister or is this something that i can overlook yeah i think there are uh times tyler like you said um i like the way you said it um sometimes if we're if we're really zealous to correct people uh we may not be given time uh for them and the and the holy spirit to work it out uh on their own and they might uh, they might they might work through that and and repent might even uh, you know apologize and and ask for forgiveness from from others if their sin affected others uh, like even in the example uh, that you gave uh, but also uh, you know for me I think I with things like that I would be looking for a pattern uh, yeah, if right. I saw one thing one time I might you know say wow yeah it was kind of uh, I could give some grace there and understand how. Sin is sin. I'm not making an excuse. But if I start seeing a pattern, and it's very possible that the Holy Spirit is convicting them of it, they just need help. They need some accountability. need some help uh, repenting of it. And we all do sometimes. So so I'd be looking for a pattern as well. Uh, if I'm noticing a pattern on something like that, then I would go and, hey, I noticed you know, you seem to be uh, lose your patience often with your kids or um you know, uh, you, I've ridden in the car a few couple of times and you get exceptionally agitated in the car, you know, things like that. And then I might, when, uh, at that point go and, 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 and talk to them about it. Is that, is that something that you've, you've seen in Tyler? Uh, I know Tyler's never let me ride in the car with him. 
There might be something else to correct about Tyler about <laughs> him not letting you ride in his truck there. Uh, maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> um, he, listen, my truck's about to be a convertible. Um, this, this, <laughs> like, it's not for everybody. Okay. It's called, it's um, called oxidation of metal. <laughs> yes. Um, the, yeah. So on the other on the other end of things, when we're receiving correction from others, what is the what what are the things that we need to be thinking about, or the, the points of when when we're re- when the, we are the ones receiving it? I let me say one quick thing. I'd said earlier on, you need humility when you go to someone because uh, you could be wrong, you could have uh, misunderstood something. You also need humility when you're receiving. Because there, let's be honest, there's some people that you can receive well from. There's going to be other people you just have personality rubs with, and they come to you, you're going to be, uh, your immediate reaction is going to be put your defenses up. Yeah, and sometimes uh, those are the people that are, those people are right, and they're bringing great concerns. That's right. So I think you just need humility. Stop, pause, listen. And even if they're wrong, just know that it's good for both of you to work through that. If you'll work graciously through that with them, uh, you'll both grow through that. So, I, I mean, humility first and slow down and listen. Uh, James, you know, be quick uh, to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Yeah, uh, I think about um, what Paul said to Timothy. First Timothy 1.15, the saint is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. And I think um, both on the giving and receiving end of church discipline, if we can all maintain that kind of perspective that I am the foremost of sinners, um, it'll help. It'll help because uh, we'll suspect, yeah, there's probably something in me that needs to be corrected um, and, and I want it corrected. Yeah. So. It's an important mindset to have. Yeah. And I think also even when you're receiving something from someone who is uh, maybe even way younger in the faith than you, it's Mm -hmm. like important for you to receive that humbly and, you know, something that's in a way that encourages their, their, their act of trying to come to you lovingly and graciously. They might be off base with their critique or their, with their point. I don't know if critique's the right word, but with their point, but they are intending to come to you lovingly. Yeah. 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 Um, there are, there will be some times though. Where, what are the things, Matt, uh, when it comes to, there's some times where it's, something's not worth, um, it's not really church. It's not really like going to a brother to correct them because it's really just a difference of opinion. Yeah. Can like, what, what would be some of that? Uh, I, Christian liberty issues, is that what we're getting at? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think um, uh, there could be a lot of things, you know, you want to make sure it's clear sin uh, that's going on. And if you're not real sure, then maybe just ask somebody. And so I could think of a lot of examples. Um, When it comes to liberty issues, I think about Romans 14, each has made up his own mind. Uh, That's pretty strong language. Like, I'm convinced, and I'm right, you're convinced, you're right, and we might have some iron sharpening iron rubbing up against each other, and that means friction and sparks. Uh, So I think um, um, in those cases, maybe I, you know, I'm bothered by something someone else is doing, and I just go to them and say, help me understand where you are on this issue. You know, I... I've always, I think the posture is totally different. It's just help me understand how you came to the conclusion you came to. Uh, and let me talk talk about mine. But I mean, I think like liberty issues could be things, schooling, homeschool, public school, private school. Um, 
They could be politics. You vote for that candidate. I vote for this candidate. Um, there, there could be a lot. But I just think in those cases, and honestly, people get really bothered by those things because their mind is made up. And I think we just need to go to somebody in those cases and just say, help me understand how you came to the conclusions you came to and just talk through it with them. And again, I think you'll both grow through that. Uh, if you'll have a posture of humility, graciousness, and love toward one another. Yeah. And I think the same, the same, it's not a liberty issue, but the same would hold for like doctrinal issues that are secondary or tertiary that are just like disagreements. Like, like I'll correct somebody over a primary disagreement. Um, but when it comes to some doctrinal issues, it's like, this isn't, I'm not calling you out of your sin. We just landed in different places. Yeah. Yeah. And I I would suggest perhaps uh, if there's questions about that, we don't know, like, is this something, you know, to, is this something like Tyler, you mentioned earlier to overlook, you know, Proverbs 1911 is to your glory to overlook an offense. Um, or is this something to talk to them about, um, that's a sin issue or is it a liberty issue that I just need to understand better or doctrinal issue? Um, I think, um, I think we would, um, ask our folks to, um, to, consider the value of having that conversation with your shepherding elder to help determine what is the best course of action here with this. Um, and you know, they're, they're bound by, by confidentiality to, to direct you to that person in whatever way is best. Um, so I would commend, I would commend that conversation to the shepherding elder. That's not reporting them to the elder. That's not something that goes beyond that elder, that's something that they can help counsel you in how to um, how to approach the person. Yeah, but if someone does come and they say, "Hey, this this person sinned, this brother sinned against me," they come to one of us as elders, uh, and they haven't talked to the other person yet. Then we'll, we can we're, we can talk through with them how to approach that. But we're we're going to be sending them back to talk to that person. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, and even following up with them and saying, "Hey, did you did you get that resolved? We can't have bitterness. We can't give we can't give uh, Satan a foothold here. We need unity. Did right. you follow up and resolve that?" Uh, I think one of the things, and maybe as we as we wrap up, I think one of the things is when a lot of times these conversations, not always, but a lot of times they seem way harder on the front end than they actually are. Like yep. sometimes they're sometimes they are actually really hard conversations, but a lot of times I think we 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 like think about it and mull it over so much, and then we are like this person's not going to receive this, this person's not going to receive this, and then we actually have the conversation and we're like, wow, that person has the Holy Spirit too. That person is regenerate. That person is very humble and gracious and understood. And so I think sometimes we uh, we make it make it way bigger in our minds than it will than it actually is sure i think there's a fear there and we need to recognize where where that source of fear comes from and and that we have an enemy against the bride that that wants the bride to stay in unrepentant sin man if he can if 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 the enemy can can keep us in those places and and keep us from sharpening one another in that regard then he's going to hamstring the church um, and so, um, yeah, we need to recognize that it's not as bad as we, as we fear most yeah. times. Yeah. Um, and then in the end, I guess we can, 
you know, kind of close with this. Like we're, we're not talking, we're talking about the kind of correction that helps people grow in grace, that helps people see, uh, has their, has their blind side that can, you know, we have our brother or sister's back and see something in them that maybe they don't see, but we're not talking about like policing, like just a culture of, Hey, I caught you. Right. Yeah. So no, yeah, I don't think we want to, we're not trying to, it's kind of like the person Ken mentioned earlier, if you're the kind of person that just loves confrontation. Uh, yeah. If you're really enjoying uh, going out and, and catching people uh, and becomes like a overbearing uh, super critical culture. That is not at all what we're going for. Uh, yeah, and if, that's, that's unbiblical. It's ungodly. And if you're the one, if you're the person, I, I would say, if you're the person that's always the one doing correcting and you're never being corrected, that might be a problem. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. And, you know, I think one other thing to check, check out uh, the kind of test your motives on is uh, if somebody's corrected you at some time in the past, are you relishing the thought of getting to correct them? Uh, I've actually had somebody tell me that before, you know, they yeah. corrected me one time and I finally caught, found, caught them in something. I'm like, wow, that's a terrible attitude. That's a terrible attitude. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts? I think just to, just to remember why we're doing this and we're, uh, we're, we're wanting, we're aiming at their repentance. That's, that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're, um, we're wanting to see that response, um, you know, and, and I guess we can talk further later on, you know, subsequent steps, but, um, you know, part of how Jesus gives this to us, it, um, it just elevates the level of shame at each, at each point. So the, the aim is respond to the Holy Spirit's conviction respond to the Holy Spirit's conviction and one other person, respond to the Holy Spirit's conviction and two or three other people, uh, respond to the Holy Spirit's conviction in front of the whole church. Uh, so there's there's a elevating the shame uh, with the aim of them responding and repenting and seeing improvement. Uh, let me throw out one more Quick question as we as we end. I, I mean, I agree. Uh, the whole goal, like Kim was saying, is growth in grace. It's growth in grace. Uh, and again, these kind of first two steps is where we would say 95% of the discipline would happen. Ken, let me ask you specifically, like if somebody were to come to me and and I do disagree with them, like I'm like, I don't think you're right here and we're having a hard time. Uh, it, would it be appropriate just say, I think we need some more help here. Let, let's ask other people to, to kind of hear this out and, and, and let's talk through it uh, together. Is that wise to do in a case like that? So that it's not just languishing or, or being slow to, to move forward, you know, and that's yeah, me receiving that from somebody and saying, Hey, you know what? I, I don't really just, dis- I don't really agree with you. I think we might need some help talking through this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think there are some cases where, um, okay, you're, you're cheating on your wife and I'm confronting you and you're saying, so what? Right. Um, I, I think, I think it'd be clear to, to just go ahead and bring two or three witnesses and say, uh, no, this is step two of church discipline, by the way. And we're calling you to account for that. So yeah, I think some, most of the cases would be, Hey, can we bring some other folks in this just so that we make sure that we all understand what we're talking about here and get right. their insight. But there could be other cases where it's 
it's very clear what sin is and they're remaining persistent and unrepentant in it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I think in the example you gave, the extreme case, we can get to, you know, step three to the church pretty fast. If, if it's an egregious sin and they're like, so, and they're just, they don't deny it and they're not going right. to repent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we could use a follow-up conversation on this at some point in the future, talking a little bit more about step two, what does it look like to bring someone else along, and then certainly going into step three. Um, but uh, I think this is a fruitful conversation. Absolutely. Good idea. So yeah, we appreciate uh, that, it. We will wrap up our remote recording, and that's all. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs>